Are you feeling disconnected? Have you lost trust in your own inner guidance? Are you looking for a deeper meaning in life or the meaning of life? Visit wellnesscontinuing.com for spiritual tools and resources to facilitate your inner growth and help you to connect with your true nature. From a free podcast about consciousness and the afterlife to blog posts, from healing music to dream work and more, Wellness Continuing is the place to elevate your heart and mind. Visit wellnesscontinuing.com. Welcome to Life Continuing, conversations that explore consciousness, healing, and infinite existence. I'm Tanya Berg. Susan Graw is an internationally recognized intuitive medium, life path intuitive, life coach, hypnotherapist, and past life regressionist. Susan is known for bringing her genuine down-to-earth style to her clients and sessions, which she has been offering to the public for over three decades. In this episode, Susan returns to the show to discuss self-love, healing, energetic trauma, and the spiritual impact of our thought patterns. Welcome, Susan. Welcome back to the show. I am so grateful that you are here for a second time. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm grateful to be here. Wonderful. Now, the last time we talked, the episode was published last June. Um, It was uh, season two, I believe. And um, we talked about all of your wonderful mediumship abilities, um, your forensic mediumship. We talked about angels. We talked about your near-death experience. So for anyone who's listening, please go back and listen to that wonderful episode and really get to know Susan and her background. Today, Susan, I want to hear about what's been going on because you've had so many changes and so much evolution since that time. And I would love to hear what you've been up to. Well, I've been doing um, series um, on, uh, I, I go to antique stores and, and get a feel of the psychometry. And psychometry is feeling the energy in an item and trying to uh, get the information about that item and the person behind that item, basically, who has crossed over. And so I've been doing a lot of that, having guests and just enjoying myself, having fun doing that. That's kind of my fun thing. Um, I've gotten quite booked as usual. And so I'm doing a lot of my healing work. I work a lot with the grief. I've been um, working hard to just expand myself. It hasn't been anything in particular, just a lot of different things. My book is um, just about done. Uh, We have a little bit to work on and change, and then it should be uh, heading to the agency and and getting completed, which I'm really excited about. And it's really about what spirit wants you to know and um, and how to achieve that, basically how to achieve that higher self, that that love for self. As as I always say, that's our our true soul purpose is self-love. And so it's a lot about, um, you know, how to achieve that? How do we get there? And what does spirit want us to know to get us there? And how do we live that authentically clear or clean life, but without the perfection? Right. Such an important message. Um, You bring a lot of inspiration to the world as well as your gifts. And I really appreciate that on your social media. It's always... um, bringing everybody back to themselves and to their self-love. I mean, Mm. now more than ever, we need that message. So thank you for that. So I am doing a lot of of healing work and I'm doing a lot of teaching. I do have a a puppy that's going to be a therapy companion puppy that's at my office for my clients, uh, just to take that calm moment. And um, for those that don't like puppies, she stays in in another area until they do want her. But um, it's very calming. And I think right now people are in such a hectic um, the world is just so, um, spinning on its access basically. And there's so much going on that I think that people need that calming moment, especially when they come in with grief and they've driven in and you know, the traffic's bad and you know, all those things that happen to people when they're in grief. So, um, that's been a really uh, wonderful process for me because training an animal to do something so important is very time consuming, but it's also very healing for me also. So that's kind of been what I've been doing, um, teaching a lot and uh, wanting people to be their authentic selves. I want them to learn how to actually 
authentically help people heal. There's so much noise out there in, in my world. In, in the mediumship world, there's so much noise. And um, I, I want them to have a clear channel, not noise from what humans believe it should be, but with a clear channel with the spirit world. And so I've been working really hard to do that for my students. And then, of course, processing that, again, that soul purpose, which is self-love. Teaching people the difference between self-love and, and soul purpose, or, or they go together, or life purpose, or, or their life journey, the separation of that. So, you know, our life purpose, obviously, is to, you know, have children get married or, or not, um, buy a home, learn who we are, um, you know, work, uh, give to the world, you know, those kinds of things. And our soul purpose is solely, soul, uh, self-love. And that's the hardest thing we do, is being able to channel energy that says, I'm worthy, I'm valuable, I'm lovable, I'm enough. And in order to have a clear connection with spirit, you have to be working in that direction. I actually believe that if we ever get there, we won't be on this planet. I think that it's a work in progress at all times. But I, I do know that we have to be working that direction in order to connect in a clear connection. So if we're beating ourselves up and then we go, hey, spirit, thanks for this body, but I hate it, but um, can we connect? That has no meat, you know, there's no sense behind that. I'm also teaching my students, which is really important, that um, when you have that self-love and you have that clear connection, what is the message you're actually getting? And then to trust that, of course. So teaching has been my thing lately. That's brilliant. Um, you know, there's so much trauma that people have individually and collectively. And how do we have that clear channel with spirit? How do we cut through the noise. I mean, this is such important teachings that you're sharing with everyone that that's wonderful. Yeah. And it is difficult to cut through it. I have trouble. We don't realize our thought patterns. You know, I might be sitting somewhere. Let's just give an example. I might be sitting somewhere, which, and again, this is an example because I work really hard not to do those things. It doesn't mean I always achieve it, but I work hard not to do it. But I might be sitting somewhere in a room and, and um, all of a sudden I'm feeling like I'm not good enough or maybe I feel like I'm, I'm too heavy or whatever it is I focus the energy on. And maybe let's go with, you know, I feel heavy and, and everyone in the room feels smaller than me all of a sudden. And, and then all of a sudden I'm wiggling and jiggling, pulling my shirt down. And my thought pattern unconsciously is I'm not fitting. I'm not enough. I'm not comfortable in my own skin. Um, what's wrong with me? Why, you know, are they looking at me? You know, there's a, there's a thought pattern going on with that. And that thought pattern is that negative presence that we then bring into our, our conscious mind. And that conscious mind says, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. I hope this looks okay. And, you know, I want it and that kind of thing. And, and usually it goes to the negative because that's what we've learned. Babies aren't like that. You know, they let their bellies hang out. Nobody's sucking anything in. There's no, you know, they just love who they are and, and they want everyone to love them. And we do. And what are we loving? It's their spirit. They're precious, right? And their spirit is all self-love. But as we grow in this world, we lose some of that. And so we unconsciously are talking to ourselves on a, a daily basis. And we're not conscious of that. And so we're trying to say, I love you. You're lovable. You're worthy. You're capable. You're enough, which is wonderful. And it may sink into our subconscious, but how about paying attention to what we're unconsciously doing and bringing that to the conscious level so that we can go, why right now did I choose to start beating myself up internally, automatically, without even thinking about it? And now I'm feeling like I'm not enough. So in order to create that clear connection with spirit, we have to be conscious of that also. So I, I tell my, my students, check mark. How often do you start that process? Start paying attention to what's happening unconsciously. Bring it to your conscious level, you know, and make a check mark and just do that all day long and start looking at how many times today did you think it was unconscious, basically, or, or think in an unconscious way, I'm not enough. And what's happening to my students, uh, what they're telling me is that they're actually developing self-love. And they're noticing how hard they've been on themselves. And the difficulties they have are not just by their words and thoughts, but by their subconscious thoughts. And they're actually connecting deeper into spirit. Because they're now not in the ego. They're out of that process and they're now connecting in. So it's really uh, life affirming. It's, it can be life changing. We are creatures of habit. 
And so breaking that process or that habit is of the utmost importance. So that's what I've been working on also. And for me too, for me too. I'm not, I'm not singled out here. Um, but I have to do what I'm teaching. I have to practice what I'm telling people they need to work on. So I've been doing a lot of my own practice of, you know, it, it doesn't mean we don't want to fix ourselves up or any of those things. It just simply means that we need to recognize the messages. Absolutely. I notice that it creates an energy, almost like a palpable energy um, from the subconscious when we berate ourselves and put ourselves down and not have that self-love. And I've had a recent experience of that where I created my own little energy bubble of negativity. And once I re realized it and let it consciously let it go, I mean, I literally felt it lift. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's that's yeah. something that we end up creating like its own entity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that becomes our, you know, what we perceive becomes our reality. If I perceive evil, I'm walking with evil because I'll perceive it. If I wake up in the morning and say, you look crummy, I'm going to look crummy because that's my perception. And I'll probably carry that all day. If I wake up in the morning and I, I tell myself I'm enough, I'm beautiful, uh, et cetera, then I'm going to have that energy going and, and our, well, because our perception is everything, what we perceive becomes our reality. Yes. So if I wake up in the morning and say, you know, you look terrible today, I'm going to look terrible all day until I change that perception or perspective of myself. And it's the same thing if I wake up and say, you're enough and you're going to go get it. And I love you and I forgive you for every mean thing you've ever said to yourself, Susan. And, and we move forward with that kind of thinking. You know, I try to remember those words. I am sorry. And I'm talking to myself. I am sorry I forgive you and I love you because we are so hard on ourselves. And I really believe that you're either going to work one or two ways with spirit. You're going to work through ego and you can feel the difference in people, even readers, where they're coming from their ego um, and it's all empowered. You know, they're, they're powerful and they're important and they're doing this because it makes them feel like they're powerful, important, etc. Or you're going to come from a perception of love and forgiveness and gratitude. And I really believe that a clearer connection comes from that and also a healthier connection. And people feel the difference. So when people come to my office, I'm very loving and they know it's real. They know that I, I'm sincere with it. I say what I mean and I mean what I say, but I don't say it mean. So I'm very clear. I'm not someone who skirts around and does subliminal comments to get people to understand. I'm very direct. But I'm direct in a very loving and understanding and clear way that shares love with others. And I'm very proud of that, that energy that comes from me. And I worked hard to have that energy. God knows my life hasn't been easy with all the suicides and every, you know, everything I've been through. So um, I think that I worked in, in a way that substantiated my understanding of what spirit wants me to believe in myself. And how they want me to apply myself. So um, it is important to work on ourselves. And it doesn't mean we have to go, you know, to therapy for 15 years and do all this healing work. It means we have to work on ourselves. Right. That can also be part of it. Um, but, but at the end of the day, it's up to us. So let's talk about energetic healing. Because aside from the mediumship, you also are trained and have the energetic uh, healing qualities that can also contribute to a person's self-healing as well. So it can come from ourselves, but we can also have some assistance. So tell me about how you help people with energy healing. Mm. Um, well, just discussing what we just discussed is all energy, right? Uh, our thought patterns are energy. Our actions are energy. You know, um, my work with healing people in Reiki is all about moving that energy around and through. We have meridians in our body and they get blocked by the negativity. So if I'm, just an example, if I'm driving to work and I accidentally cut someone off and they flip me off and they think that has no energetic response to in the universal energy, they're incorrect. Number one, I might laugh, but internally I'm humiliated, right? I feel like, what was that about? Why would someone do that to me? Why, you know, who are we in this world? All these thoughts start going through us. They also have projected out an energy of anger and hate and, and um, a lack of, of, of forgiveness or whatever that is that they're projecting out. And that energy is circulating. So I get into work where my client gets in, into my office 
and those meridians start getting blocked because it's kind of like when you go to the grocery store and a clerk is really angry and you don't know why and you take it, personalize it and you go, they're angry at me or what's going on here and how could they treat me that way for six months? You'll go back and think about that clerk and how they treated you. That's carrying negative energy. And that's what I believe attachments truly are. We are attached to the behaviors of others. So uh, for me, that's what an attachment is. I don't believe in spiritual attachments. It's not something I've ever uh, resonated in that doesn't make sense to me because our, our beautiful spirits on the other side want to protect and love us and nurture us at all times. But I do believe that the energetic attachment can be an, um, an after effect or an imprint from negative energies. So I do believe that. But, um, but something happens and we carry it and we, we run it over in our heads. Someone treats us mean, someone says they don't want to be our friend, whatever it is, it goes over and over and over and over and over. And we, we're attached to that energy and that affects everything and it blocks our meridians. So when I'm doing healing work, whether it be an illness that we're attached to or a human or, or an event, um, it, it releases those meridians. It lets that energy move around again the way it's meant to. And it, it settles the soul. So that's what I'm doing Reiki. That's what I do. When I'm doing grief work, it's pretty much the same thing. It's just not done through, you know, our chi, our prana, our, our energy and, and physically, but it is definitely emotional energy. It's one of the most powerful energies that exists. So if I'm emotionally attached to something that has caused me damage, or I'm emotionally attached to something that like grief, it's almost impossible not to be. And I'm not in a space of clear and defined understanding of what's around me because I'm in this bubble of pain. So my goal is to move them through that bubble of pain and to get them to the other side so that they feel whole again. Most people say to me, "Is am I ever going to like me again? Am I ever going to feel like I'm okay? The answer is yes. The first thing grief does is it usurps your self-esteem. Nothing is normal. Nothing feels right. Who am I? That's our, our first response. And that gets worse and worse and worse as we're walking through the grief. So the goal in my office is to bring them back to who they are, um, understanding that process so that they're not out there floating around going, what's happening to me? You know, when we don't understand something, just having a human brain, we can't even assimilate it into our soul, yeah. right? So um, it's so important for them to have that ability to see that this is not abnormal. Do not judge this grief. Allow it to be what it is. And you will move through it. It may take you five years, 10 years, five months, depending upon who you are and, and um, what that grief is. So when you do mediumship, you're opening up a channel for them to see that vine. A mediumship is just a vine to the soul, right? And it's their vine from the spirit world. And it's almost as though you're pumping, pumping life force into them. And I can see it in them. It's almost as though they're, and I understand it because I've been through it. Um, it's like a life force going to them from the spirit world that says, I'm still here. And here's how you'll know. And, um, and it's as though they still, they feel the connection again. The connection's there. It's not just a grief connection, but an actual spiritual energy of connection that takes them out of that. If even for a moment, let me say that, you know, if even for a moment, it takes them out of that, I'm alone, I'm without them, they're not there, they've left me, and all those other you know, things that we feel when we're in grief. So my healing work, you know, you know, I'm a counselor, I deal with grief and, and addiction and things like that. And so my healing work is combined with that when it comes to mediumship and Reiki. Um, intuitive work, which is another healing modality that I utilize a lot, including hypnotherapy. I'm a, a licensed hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. um, but that those intuitive work is about um, getting into the soul source. It's, it's taking them to a place of understanding intuitively what they're doing with their words, their actions, their feelings. Um, how can they get in touch with what's really needed of them? What they need to do to shift and change the energies. Uh, how to perceive things differently. How not to personalize everything going on in their world. Because when you're in grief, everything is about you. Everything. And that's normal and natural. How do you move through that? How do you, how do you not personalize everything so that you can then feel your grief in its natural state? 
people don't feel grief in their natural state because of their 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 brains. Right. Yeah, that's um very wise words and something that we need, especially in today's world. What would you say in sort of a general sense, but with the upheaval of the world as it is at the moment, because there's grief, there's loss, there's confusion, right? There's polarities. What can you, how can you address that from an energetic perspective or from what you had just said? How, how can we get, get moved through that in a peaceful way? Well, First of all, is understanding that from the time we're born, we're grieving. We have been prepared for the grief in the world. We forget that. So it's as simple as I, I, my mommy takes my bee away or my bottle is gone. I'm beginning the grief process immediately. Um, we're leaving mommy's body in the womb. We're beginning the grief process, even though we come to a beautiful energy of mommy holding us. So there's always a healing behind that grief process. And throughout our lives, we're doing that. It can be down simply as losing a pencil that you love. You know, you go through every stage of grief. Um, denial. I didn't lose that pencil. I know it's here somewhere. Bargaining. I know I'm going to find it if I look here, if I look there. Maybe if I wouldn't have, maybe I should have. Uh, anger. Where is that pencil? I love that pencil. It's my favorite pencil to, you know, acceptance, surrender, etc. So, you know, now I need to go get a new one. There's your surrender and acceptance, right? And it happens with everything in our lives that we are attached to. So when we understand that, we realize that we are actually adept at grief. It is part of our whole journey. We don't need to fear it. We need to understand it and walk through it. And we have been able to do that from the beginning of our time here. And so as we get to that stage of uh, the, the big griefs, the huge ones, like losing a child or losing you know, a, a loved one or even an animal, our loved, beloved animals that we adore, all of that grief that we've experienced throughout our journey is helping to already set the stage for us to achieve the walking through of that grief. Sometimes, again, we get stuck in it, and that's when people like me step in and help them move through it. But they are inherently able, we are inherently able to move through our grief. But when we realize that we are inherently able to move through that grief, that we have done that our whole journey, and someone like me can guide them into that to understand that they have it inside of them to move through this. We don't want to. We don't want to, you know, we're in so much pain that we don't even want to sometimes exist any longer. Yet we do. Yet we do. And so there's this desire to heal that's already been planted in us. It's, a, it's, it's already there throughout our journey of going through grief, the understanding unconsciously that we actually can get through it. And we might not consciously know that when we're in trauma. So someone like me... Um, and other healers will take people to a place of understanding that they can get through this. And let's join that vine, that energy source. Um, their loved ones up there aren't just energy floating around. That's not what I saw. It was like a hologram to me. Um, I could see through bodies and it was like a hologram. And even the crystal that I knew the other side of this giant, what I would think was quartz crystal, not sure. Um, a pretty young child, but on the other side of that, I knew if I went through that or joined that or could reach into that, I was now going to stay. And so, you know, there's there's all of these processes that we go through where when we can move through it and, and, and walk to that space, that we know that at that point we can stay in that space and heal. But it's getting there. It's yeah. getting there. Certainly is. So tell me about when your book is going to be released or the approximate time? Every time we think it's going to be coming out, um, we uh, end up redoing something. <laughs> um, I, I don't have an approximate time, but I feel like it'll be this year. I'm comfortable okay. in saying that. Okay. And um, one way or the other, whether I do it myself uh, partly and then let them take over or they go ahead and do it, I know it needs to come out. I, it's not about me. Uh, it does tell my story because my story matters, matters to me, and it matters to my work. Yeah. However, it's more about 
understanding what we're just talking about, understanding what it really is that's happening and what is there, by the way, how are they walking us through it? You know, um, I have a different belief system than a lot of mediums. That doesn't make me right. I honor their belief system, but mine's a little different. Uh, I was just talking with my students about crossing people over. And I said, my ego would tell me I could do it better than spirit, but in truth, spirit can do it. I can't. So spirit decides that. And so um, when people tell me, I think my, my little girl is stuck here looking for me. And I tell them, um, and will you help me cross them over? Things like that. And I tell them, do, do you believe that I could do something that the spirit world can't do? And do you believe that the spirit world would allow their little loved one to walk mindlessly looking for you? What about if we connect to her on the other side and you can see how peaceful and happy she is? So do people get stuck on the other, or in, in the in-between, in the, in the purgatory? I mean, do spirits get uh, lost? I don't believe that. And that is not my belief system. I do believe they can choose to stay in a space in between, in the in-between. I do believe that. They can choose to stay in that space. Do I believe that spirit, I can cross them over and spirit can't? No. Right. right. That would be my saying I can do more than spirit can. So I'm not one to sit and say, across to the other side, go to the light. That kind of behavior feels to me, for me, that I'm telling spirit I have a power they don't. Mm -hmm. So they know what's best for the soul. They know. What if, what if there is something in your home or your space that's, you know, there and, and maybe shouldn't be there or is causing a little bit of a ruckus? What, what can we do about that? Well, I that we can block that. So, um, and it's not easy sometimes. Sometimes we have to hire someone to help us do that. And that's an imprint of energy. So mm -hmm. I can give you an example. I was doing um, uh, some work with Lifetime and I was... Um, we were uh, in a house and um, everyone was freaking out because there was an evil negative spirit in the house. And of course I acted brave, even though I didn't feel so brave. I thought everybody's afraid what's going on in there. But I went in, you know, tough me and <laughs> I'm walking in the door like everything's fine. And um, I, I saw someone hanging and I said, they, I heard, what the F are you doing here? And I said, well, what the F are you doing here? You know, let's, let's have this conversation. And um, I said to them, I understand that this is how you're showing me that you died, but I need you, if you want to have communication with me, I need you to stop it now and, and basically come down from that rope and tell me what it is you're experiencing. And they did. And they all came in and it was cleared. So we never really know why they're there, do we? We never really understand it till we ask them. So, and then I've heard that like traumas in death can cause the energy to get stuck. So is that what yes. happened then? It's the imprint of the energy. So if I died in a traumatic way and I wanted you to know who I was and what happened to me, wouldn't I want to show you? Wouldn't I want to describe it all to you in human form? Wouldn't I want to say, you won't believe what happened to me. I was driving my car and this happened and this happened and this happened. And then I was all bloody and blah, blah, blah. Wouldn't you want to tell that story? Sure. Well, I, I think their imprint continues to want to do that. And I think that that traumatic event makes their imprint kind of stuck there. Does their higher self leave them here? That doesn't fit. That doesn't feel right to me. And I will get so many arguments over this and I honor what everyone else feels. But my belief system about our higher self, if we truly have a higher self, which I believe we do, I don't believe my highest self would allow such a process. So every experience we have teaches us something. So my belief system, my perception, and then we're back to that, is that they're trying to show me something about them. So I don't go to fear. The minute I, what, what I fear, I feed, right? So if I'm in fear, I'm feeding it immediately. Oh my God, there's something in my room. It's going to scare me. I've seen things in my room that I should be terrified of, right? And I don't. I say, you know what? I don't want you to show me this way. If you want to talk to me, I'll talk to you, but I need you to do this a different way. You're scaring me and I'm not going to go there. So you either leave or tell me what's going on here. And Every single time, unequivocally, they've either left or they've said, well, 
this happened to me and I, I was I lived on this block and I was with my daughter in my car and this happened and blah 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 and I go oh okay I understand so let's talk through that so they wanted to have a conversation wouldn't you want to if you couldn't you know imagine not being able to speak or um, uh, energetically get your 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 words across and all of a sudden there's someone who can hear you You'd want to tell your trauma, wouldn't you? That would probably be the first thing. So is there an in-between? I think there, there is. I think we choose it. And I think we're choosing it because we want to process what's happened to us and we want people to understand. Maybe there's something we missed in that loss. Maybe, you know, their brakes went out. Maybe someone made that happen. You know, maybe there was another car involved. They want to tell their story. I've never encountered evil. I have to be honest with you, so I cannot speak to that. So I don't. What I say is, is I don't entertain it at all. Therefore, it is not part of my perception of my life. Right. And I've been a medium for, I'm going to be 63 years old. I've been a medium since all of my life, but strongly since I was four and a half when I got locked in that freezer. Right. And I have never allowed evil to enter into my world. I don't perceive it that way, and I don't accept it. I don't entertain it. So if someone's talking to me about evil, I say, I don't entertain evil. And so they have no reason to be there because they get nothing from it if they do exist. I cannot say they don't. I'd like to believe that the spirit world doesn't allow that. I think everything in the spirit world can scientifically make sense. Right? Every scientific thing they do comes from, I did this, so this is the fact of what happened. Right. So when I'm doing a reading and I'm getting evidential information that I can't know, that makes that almost a science experiment at that moment. And I'm getting all these facts for these people. And I don't know how I know them. They don't know how I know them. I know it's the spirit world. And then so then we go, okay, well, that's coming from someone somewhere on the other side because no one else is in this room. So it becomes more factual. It makes sense. If you go to a medium who's not an evidential medium and they say, your mother died. Yes, my mother died. Okay. And then they just start telling you the stories of love. That's wonderful and beautiful. But how do I know that's my mom? Right. I need the evidence. The evidence is everything. And that puts it more in a factual scientific place than it does any other place. And as you know, just speaking with Dr. Alexander and others, there is some science behind this. Sure. Some true science. So if it doesn't make sense, maybe you should rethink it. That's my, my process in my mind. If that doesn't make sense to me. It's kind of like when people tell me you have to wait three months to um, talk to your loved one because they're busy. And I might go back to that person and say, is there time there? And they say no. And I said, well, then what calendar are they utilizing for that three months? Right. There's not time there. They're not using our time. There's no time there. It has to make sense. So when it doesn't make sense, I become confused by that information. I don't deny that that's their belief system. And I again, I honor that for them. And they could argue with it all day long with me. And they have. But it doesn't make sense to me. And so I have to understand it for it to be utilized in my business, my practice, and my healing of others. Otherwise, I'm not doing my due diligence. So it's not that I'm, you know, fists up trying to be different than others. I simply see it differently. And there are many that see it my, the way I do. I'm not alone. I'm not a lone ranger out here. Um, it's just so important that when we're approaching people, we're not giving them human information. Yeah. We're giving them actual spirit energy and understanding. Um, because a lot of that information is human information. You know, someone told someone, someone else told someone, it's kind of like the telephone effect. Right. Or they may have said, you know, they've left the planet, give them a minute. Now it's become, they need three months. You know, those kinds of things. So um, I always refer to the spirit world. What's the truth here for me? For me. What do I need to be telling my clients? What are you telling me is right and wrong? And does it make sense? 
I think it's very important to acknowledge, like you just have, that there is, we are working through a human filter. So everyone is going to see things a little bit differently. Um, but as long as you're presenting and delivering the information and the energy um, in an authentic way, in your truth, and the people who need you will be coming to you and the people who need someone else will come to that resonance, et cetera. So that's how it all works out in the wash. It does. And it's so important because then we can honor everyone's belief system. Yeah. You know, and, and, and if I don't have my own belief system on my journey as a teacher and a healer, what am I, what is my truth then? And am I as effective as I could be if I do carry my own belief system? And that's for every healer. So I have so many friends that um, work with the spirit world in the negative area and I love them and honor them and that's their belief system. And so I honor that. It doesn't mean it works for me and my way doesn't work for them. And that's what makes it so beautiful. So this is not a criticism. This is an understanding that what we believe matters and what our, what we what we communicate with the spirit world will be different for everyone. So someone who believes that they are have attachments or that they um, have an evil spirit around them, et cetera, will go to someone who can remove that for them. Mm. I wouldn't be that person. I, I They call me and I say to them, it's not something that I resonate in. So, but they have someone there that does, thank God. So the, again, this isn't a criticism. It's an understanding of how all of us work differently to come to the common goal of healing others. And that it's important that when we're giving our, our truth, that we honor that truth and not just go with maybe things we've heard. That we, we really truly look inside our soul and say, what is my truth here? So that we can um, bring the kind of people that resonate in the energy of that particular type of truth into, their, into us. Um, where I'll have someone else that says, I don't believe in evil, so I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay. Or I believe in evil, so I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And oh, great. You know, so it works. And that's the beauty of, of our work is that there's so many different significant belief systems that really come together as one understanding of the spirit world. They do. But no person, not me, not anyone can have the exact understanding. So we need all those belief systems. So for me, it's just being true to who I am, even through the criticism of that. Right. And I think I, I really believe that for others that are in my field, it is the same thing. Um, you know, my friends who work with negative entities tell me, you know, so many people tell me it's not real. And for me, it is. I believe it. I say, I honor that. And I think you're, it's wonderful that you're helping people that feel that energy. Yeah. Uh, look what you're doing for them. So I honor that. And they do the same for me. And so we fit. It's like a puzzle, right? Yes. No one thought pattern, no one human thinks all the same. Right. And that's the whole purpose of our existence, right? To try and connect these uh, diversities and remember our true source because we are from that one same singularity. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, it's kind of like um, you have brothers and sisters and they all look a little different, but you all come from the same mom with the same DNA. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. So what maybe one sister is, you know, blonde and blue eyed and the other sister is black hair and, and dark eyes and, and, you know, and so on. And so, and, and we love them equally and we honor those beautiful black hairs and blonde haired and blue eyes and brown eyes in the family unit equally. Right. Yeah. And, um, and that's, but for a blonde haired person to tell me that or to stand in front of me and tell me I have the dark hair and the dark eyes would confuse me. Right. So I want my loved one or my person to be true to who they are. Yeah. And so, and if, if someone, if this sounds very simplified, but if someone comes along that wants to fall in love and they're attracted to blonde haired, blue eyed, they're not going to go to the dark haired, dark eyed and say, Oh, you have blonde hair and blue eyes. I'm attracted to you. Right. So, you know, it, it's just, trusting that process and I want people to know who I am and where I come from and where my my boundaries lie I have to have those boundaries I walk in the spirit world just from simply having that near death 
on a continuous basis. If I don't have those boundaries, I would be probably locked up because I'm hearing them constantly. And I work on turning that up and down. And sometimes I have trouble. It's a struggle for me. So it's like a radio dial, right? And, and so I set those boundaries very defined and clear for myself so that I'm not in that space of what was that? What was that? What was that? I can't live like that. So for me, it works. So we have to set boundaries in the spirit world and in this world. So boundaries are super important. Very important. Very. And, you know, I always say boundaries are for us, right? Um, I can tell someone don't, don't cross my boundary. And if they're a boundary crosser, they're going to cross it. Sure. So the goal, what am I going to do when they cross it? Not, are they going to cross it? Mm-hmm. And when I understand that, you know, so for me, it's, I don't entertain that and that's my boundary. Right. And then I don't get that boundary crossed because I know what I'm going to do when that happens or if that happens. Right. So, um, Every process we take on this journey is about healing. I just can't tell you one that isn't. Even if you're walking outside and looking at the flowers, you're going to have a healing experience, a peace, a moment of, oh my gosh, look at that. And it's as simple as a flower. Every process we take on this journey is about healing and growing and changing. And I have tons of growth to do, like everyone else, you know. And so in that, I think we develop our belief systems. And so when my students come to me, and many of them do, and say, you know, I'm worried, I'm afraid of evil, I'm afraid evil doors are going to open, I tell them, what you perceive, you will feed, what you, what you fear, you will feed. So make a decision. Where's your boundary in that? And then stay with that, so that you don't end up having that fearful event occur. And if you do, you know exactly what you're going to do. And it gives them calm when I'm teaching them and they realize that they're not opening a portal that's going to attack them. Yeah, that's, uh, these are all such helpful pieces of information, you know, translated, we're talking about the spirit world and the other side and energetic healing, but it really, like you said, it's all energy, physical energy, spiritual energy. So yeah, that's an amazing message. I have a very different perspective now from what I've heard from others and what I've learned myself. So um, that's really helpful. Thank you, Susan. That's just brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love sharing who I am because it's all I know, right? I don't know who, I can't speak to anyone else because that wouldn't be right. That would be me knowing the internal part of them. Um, so unless they're sharing it with me, which, you know, some do, some don't, but, um, but we have to be open to every belief system. If we're not, we're missing something. Now we don't have to take ourselves there if we choose not to. And again, for me, I think really Tanya, it's about boundaries for me. Um, when you've truly, when you've passed away and I'm sure Dr. Alexander can attest to this. It's a whole different experience internally. And um, you're so open to all of it. You just, uh, at least the people I know who have had that experience. So it's so important to know where you can, ha- what you can handle and what you can't. To be honest with you, I don't think I could handle having evil spirits around me all the time. So I approach them in a different way. If they do come in, if, if I feel they're evil, um, I immediately re- reject that and I shift that energy um, because we are energetic beings and we do have the capacity to do so. We're as energetic beings as they are. Right. So we do have empowerment here. What happens is, is that we don't recognize that and we literally lose our empowerment. And when we hand that power away to something that we don't understand, out of fear, we're now not in a good place. We're fear-based. We are self-reliant instead of spirit-reliant at that point. And we want to be in spirit-reliance. So if something negative is in my energy field and I hold it with my fear, because again, what you fear, you feed, right? Um, Then I'm now in that attachment phase, aren't I? Because that's part of the journey for me now. I'm, I'm stressing. I'm fearful. I'm, I'm not releasing it. I'm wondering what's around me. I'm, I'm doing all of those things that fear loves to feed on. 
And so for me, it's a constant reminder of where am I going to go with this? Where am, where am I going to take this? So again, if I walk into a room and I see someone who is, uh, let's just say they're bleeding, you know, I see a spirit, I see that. I'm, I'm always asking myself, you know, and them, what happened to you? And if they can't clearly define that boundary, then I don't have a conversation. So because I won't engage, I won't allow myself to attach to that fear. If I did, I probably would, you know, six sense myself to death, <laughs> you know, think about it. Yeah. And there's so many amazing, strong people who can face that and feel comfortable with it. And I honor that. I think that's amazing that they can do that. I'm just not one of them that wants to do that. So I want to live in that positive flow of spiritual angelic energy. That's what I want to be around whenever I have the opportunity. Um, and so that's what I work towards. But um, again, you know, I'm so passionate about my belief systems and my understanding of the spirit world, etc. But I also know that, that we, even in our belief systems, can be incorrect right. and inaccurate. And all we can do is, is ask the questions and then be true to our answers, which is what I'm doing continuously. I'm asking the questions. That's good. I mean, we should always stay curious and open, right? Not, not rigid and not fixed in our beliefs or our understandings of things, because every day we change and truths can change as well. Exactly. So I'll tell you, I promise you, if, if an evil spirit does come into my room, my truth will change. Right. <laughs> yeah. I will definitely change that energy um, and that belief. I just, um, I just, I think I say it so profoundly and strongly. I think I'm so um, intense about it because I don't want people who don't understand to be in fear yeah. of the spirit world. Yeah. That's really what it's about for me. I, it, it, I want them to know they're safe and that they're loved and that they're honored and, and that the spirit world is protecting them best they can. I, I, I want them to feel that energy because that's the healing energy. And I'm a healer. So I wouldn't want to take them to the other side, the dark side, I call it. Sure. I'd want them on the side that believes in safety and love and trust from the spirit world. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. Um, and I, and I, I can't help it. I want people to be okay and to understand that they're, they're surrounded by love. But that is the prominent, most powerful energy in the world. We utilize, and I mean universal world, we utilize a lot of hate on this planet and its destruction is unbelievable. So my goal is to let people see spiritually the love that is around them and that exists in the spirit world so they have something to hold on to. I, w I don't want people to be afraid to die. That's the other part. It's so beautiful. It's so amazing. I don't want them to be afraid that uh, how we die can be scary. I have to be honest with you. I, I, I worry about that. How am I going to die? You know, is it going to hurt? Those, those are real feelings for me. But I know when that time comes that I'm on the other side. I want people to know that they're safe, that they're going to be pulled into a beautiful existence. Not, you know, is evil going to get me? Is Satan going to get me? Is hell, you know, those fears, they don't need to have them. They are loved. And so even with, you know, the people that come to my office that are dying and I see them, um, I work with pancreatic cancer patients and do Reiki on them and, and, um, and, and other types of cancers and illnesses. Um, and I work with their grief process. And it's so important to me that they understand that they'll be safe when they leave here. That there is love waiting for them, not fear. So that's why I'm so um, passionate about what I say. Because I can't imagine not ever seeing the spirit world and knowing that I'm leaving with that possibility in the back of my mind. I, I, I can't imagine how terrifying that would be. So my goal is to teach them about the love. That's my, that's my energy. That's my world. It's the only world I understand. 
Oh, I love it. <laughs> I think my heart chakra is just like <laughs> bursting. <laughs> Do you see why I'm passionate about the evil part? Yeah. And it's so important. It's so important. I have people who are raised particular ways and have particular belief systems and they'll come to me and say, you know, I did this and I did that. Am I going to go to hell when I leave here? I'm so scared. And I, it makes me want to cry just saying it because it's so opposite of what they're going to experience. So my goal is to bring love from the spirit world and light from the spirit world, not darkness. And so if I'm not passionate about it, I'm not going to be able to do that because there's so much telling us different, right? And there's so much, honestly, dark energy here. So it's all around us. So you have to believe, have a belief system that is absolute in your mind in order to offer that to others who are suffering and scared. And, um, and that's what my office does. That's what I do when I'm there. That's I, literally my office. When you walk into my office, it's like you're walking into angels. People tell me, I've this energy here. I don't know what this is. You know, it's so wonderful. I'm so calm. I feel so peaceful. I'm not afraid. You know, they have all these, I was so scared driving here and now I just feel so wonderful. And I think that is what I'm trying to get across. Where if I go into a place, which I have, and again, I honor it. I am not criticizing it. I'm just sharing my experience of going into a place where it feels dark and the lights are down and it's scary feeling. And I can feel, you know, their, 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 their belief system is different than mine. I don't feel that sense of peace. So I, I'm not going to be healed in my grief with that and my fears. So I'm not. Someone else might. Mm-hmm. But I won't. And so I try to offer what I know is healing and life-affirming to my soul. Very nice. And um, where can we find you online? What's your website so we can connect with you for your services? Um, I am at SusanGraw.com. And um, they can find me on, me on Medium, Susan Gra on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I do live events for free. I do them about once every other. I didn't do it for a while because I was burnt out because I had done it for every single night for, for during COVID. Yeah. I did it constantly and I got really tired. But I'm back to doing that again about once every couple weeks. I do it and... Um, they can come on and, and if they're chosen, which I let spirit do the choosing, I don't do it. Um, it. Sometimes my moderators will say, hey, this person really needs you and I'll try to find them. And so then I will take that action. Okay. But it's very random and um, they get healing. And I do readings on them for free for about 15 minutes each person. And I love doing that. I love helping people. And they get an idea of the flavor of how I heal which is really important because again, as you said, and as I know, different people for different styles of need. And so it's important if they're going to go to someone that they understand the kind of person they are and, and they resonate in that energy in some form. Otherwise they will reject it. And I don't want that certainly. That's how they learn to understand me also. Yeah. I've seen your lives um, on Instagram and that's where I first found you. And like I said, the energy was just palpable. Um, I'm like, who is this woman? Cause there's something so striking and energetically I felt something. And then I watched your, how you do the readings with such compassion and such connection um, to the person. And then you can feel the connection with spirit through you. So thank you for offering that because it's such a gift to the world. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, in my journey, I've too had people that I struggle with or that I, um, that maybe I haven't been the nicest person to internally in my thinking. I'm always at, at, outwardly kind as, as much as I can be. And as I've grown older and I've learned more about myself, it's more of me than it is about any other individual. And the better that I treat people, the more that I have compassion and, um, and, and offer love instead of judgment, the closer I am to the spirit world and the more I can give uh, from that energy uh, 
from that beautiful, amazing, striking energy that comes from them because it's striking. It's like meeting a person when you walk in a room and their whole being is permeating love and energy that's striking and you, you can't help but want to be connected to them. That judgment or the, or the way that I behaved in the past maybe or something I've said or done that was unkind, I have never ever been proud of myself or liked myself uh, but happy with the outcome of anything I've ever done in cruelty or anger. So it is something I remove from my, my world. Uh, even when I feel you know, frustrated with someone and I catch myself starting to, well, you, da, 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 you know, like we do, I pause and I go, can we rewind this? Because at any given moment on our path, on our journey, we can change the atmosphere of our behavior. So at that moment that I recognize that I can shift that energy into something loving and kind, no matter what's happening and um, with me and them. And so I'm learning every day more how important that is and my connection then and my, you know, I, I was saying as you walk into a room and someone is just shining that energy out of their pores, basically, that you just know they're good. They're, they're good. You just want to be near them. Right. And isn't that the goal? Isn't that the goal to be that person? that people feel safe with and that they know that it's real. It's not ego. It's not, you know, be, you know, admire me. It's none of that. It's love. And, you know, I was in my office yesterday and I'm sure my client, I won't say names, but they won't mind me telling this story. And I'm reading these, this client and her brother and uh, this mother was talking to me and I, I didn't know a lot about her, but she was speaking to me and, all of a sudden there was this unbelievable rush of love that went through me. And she said, my name is Kathleen. And I literally said it just like that. I, it just went through me so, so powerful. And they, both of them looked at me and went, oh, that's her name. And I, and I still, I'm, my hair is standing on him, which doesn't happen to me very often because I have so many experiences. This particular one where I actually got, injected with love of spirit. It was unbelievably wonderful. And I haven't felt it in a while, that intensive love and information. And she was so life affirming for them. And I say life affirming because there is life there. It was so life affirming for them. And they cried and I cried. I mean, I literally, it was so powerful. And that's what we want to experience here when we meet someone is that knowing that no matter what I do, as it goes in the circle of, of dealing with whatever event is happening, even if it's I have to tell them that I'm not comfortable with what's happening, at the end of that is always a projection of I love you, I care about you as a soul, and, and it's okay. We can do this. That is when you're safe. And I know for me, I want safety in my life. So those people that are able to project that out, I put boundaries up with when we're back to boundaries. But you can feel it in someone. It's just, I can't explain it. It's just, they're authentic and and I just want to be near them. I just want to, if I'm near them, I'm happy. And it's because they project out a sincere spiritual essence, which is love. So for me, if I was in that dark place of the dark side or whatever we want to call it, I wouldn't be able to project that out. Um, I'm sure I don't achieve it nearly what I could, but I do try to be in that space and, and, and be authentic. Well, I think you do a marvelous job because you struck me with your authenticity and it jumped through the screen. So Thank you're doing you. a good so job. <laughs> Thanks. Also pretty- Thank you, Susan. It's so lovely to connect again. Thank you for being on the show. I do hope you come back again. I want to hear about that book. Okay. And I will. I'd love to. I love your show. I hope everyone listens to your show and your show expands into just the most beautiful realms. You, you actually offer people an an insight 
that they would not get somewhere else. You have something important to give. And I, I honor that so much. And I'm so grateful for you. I watch your, your, your videos and, and they all teach me something. And, um, and you're so real and authentic and kind. And that is, you, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing more important. So I thank you for inviting me on again. And I can't wait to come back. Oh, thank you, Susan. <laughs>